Cue the song. You can keep your Hello there, ladies and gents. Welcome to 1,000 Greatest Misses, the music podcast that shines a light on 1,000 undiscovered, obscure, and underappreciated songs that hit all the marks but fail to chart. On today's episode, we'll highlight songs by Shelter, Rathskeller, Alex Call, Green, and August. Find us at 1000greatestmisses.buzzsprout.com, on Facebook at 1000greatestmisses, and on Twitter at 1000 underscore misses. I'm Paul Hines, along with Christopher Gray, the music-obsessed record store guy with way too many songs stuck in his head. Hi, Chris. Hey, Paul. You are the curator of the thousand songs that we're going to cover in this podcast. Uh, Why don't you tell us a little bit about how this came to be and how you approached it? 1,000 Greatest Misses came to me as an idea after hearing so many other great podcasts. And I thought, hey, wouldn't it be cool if there was a pretty brief podcast every week that introduced me to five or six great songs? And these are going to be pulled mostly from private pressings on vinyl, some of the old radio station compilation records, and my collection that I've acquired over the years. And we're going we're gonna to do five today and... We'll have, hopefully, another 199 episodes after this one. Oh, that doesn't sound daunting at all. <laughs> Let's dive right in. Where do you want to kick things off? The first band we're going to focus on today is a band called Shelter, and their song is called Underneath Your Makeup. And from the moment this podcast came into my mind, I thought this would be a great lead-off song. It's, an, it's a great AOR track, which leads off uh, their side two of their album called First Stop. And to these ears, it's a about as good as AOR gets. And these guys are from the East Coast somewhere, is that right? As far as I know, Paul. I did a little digging, and it, it just sort of said East Coast. It was very unspecific. Yeah, I tried to find out if there were any other bands that any of the members had gone into after that, and I'm sure some folks will be able to find it. I was unable to see anything beyond this record that these guys did. So enjoy it while you can. All right. Well, with that, let's hear Underneath Your Makeup by Shelter. side two kickoff track than that that's a side two kickoff track for sure like they said they say they knew well enough to save that 
that harkens back to vinyl, right? You always had to have that sixth song be killer because it was the first song on side two. That could be a whole episode, a whole podcast universe in and of itself. Best side two kickoff tracks. And I, I've always gravitated towards the second song and the first side. That could be a whole nother podcast. There you go. Maybe after we finish this one, we can just keep going. Yeah, three, four years down the road, we should be ready for a new challenge. <laughs> so underneath your makeup, it's a good tune. I think the intro is fabulous, very melodic, and I'm particularly fond of the uh, instrumental bridge that fakes you out because it goes from an A to an F sharp minor and you think it's going to introduce a whole new part of the song with new lyrics. And instead they're like, no, we're just going to do a little fiddling on the guitar and then go right back to the chorus. It's very efficient. The whole song is less than three minutes and I like it. My kid asked me the other day, Paul, he said, what's a hook when it comes to, to music and songwriting? And I said, it's the part you wake up singing the next morning. And certainly this chorus would qualify as that. Uh, I, I regret that maybe some of the folks uh, haven't heard some of these songs before, but I would encourage them to give them a chance, give them a couple of listens and see if they are the earworms that we think they are. I second that. I heard this for the first time when you gave it to me, when you sent it to me, and I thought it was okay. And after a few more times, it really did stick with me. The one minus I would say about this tune is it probably came out about four years too late. Yeah, by then, pop music had changed quite a bit. I don't think we're going to spend a lot of time on the podcast with a lot of pop music that was popular during that time. But yes, a couple of years too late. Yeah, when I had it on Spotify, and this is one that you can stream on Spotify or other streaming services. And on Shuffle, Spotify came up with Charlie, the band Charlie, Mm -hmm. and then Point point Blank right after this. Okay. They had a bit of a hit with a song called... um, Nicole. Nicole, a great song. They played at my high school. Oh, no way. Yeah. Fantastic. Saw them in the cafeteria, man. Those bands were... So Nicole came out in 81. Charlie was even earlier. So I feel like, uh, you know, by 83, we're talking what Synchronicity, Men at Work, uh, Thriller, all that. So they just kind of missed the uh, the boat there, uh, time-wise. Yeah, this one came out on Polydor, so it's a major label release, although I don't think it sold very well. The cover's great. The uh, interior lyric sheet is awesome. Just a really strong AOR record with a really great tune on it. And a, a devoted following online, from what I could tell. A well-regarded band. Yeah, I think it came out on CD at some point a number of years ago, and I guess there was a very rabid following that was looking for that. Okay, one song. Down. What's next? Next up from Champaign, Illinois, is a band called Rathskeller. Uh, They released an independent record called Intro in 1984. And I picked this one up for five bucks at a record show a few years ago and was surprised to learn that it regularly sells for triple digits at auction. So my copy is signed by the entire band. And uh, while there are plenty of stronger albums in this genre, uh, this track, She Loves Me Not, is certainly worth checking out. Now, 1984 Champagne, is this a band you saw? I never saw them. I actually didn't even know about them. This is one of those situations where you buy a record solely based on the name of the band, the photo of the band on the back cover, the song titles. It just had the look, and I'm sure we will discuss the look a lot as we work our way through these thousand songs. Uh, But for sure, it, it just... You know, struck me as something that I might like. It just happens to be a pretty uh, desirable record as well. Okay, here we are with She Loves Me Not by Rathskeller. (laughs) 
Always She Loves Me Not by Rathskeller. There are so many solid instrumental hooks in this song. It's kind of mind-boggling, but they keep messing with them. They've got one instrumental passage in the intro. Then after the first verse, they mix it up with a different kind of instrumental passage. And then they do it yet again after the chorus with this tasty um, octave guitar thing happening with a really good solo afterwards. But it's odd that they didn't stick with just one solid hook. And I wonder if this was one of those tunes that could have benefited from a really good producer who said, okay, you guys got a great tune. Let's make the arrangement just a little simpler. There's a lot of stuff to swallow. This is like one of those songs, if you were in a band learning this tune, you'd keep on screwing it up because it keeps changing. Exactly. The record as a whole is okay. I think there are plenty of other better complete records in this genre, but this song, I think, certainly stands the test of time. Okay, next we go to a name that some of our listeners might know. You might call Alex Call a true songwriter's songwriter. Uh, You may not know his name, but you certainly know the hits he wrote. He wrote 8675309 Jenny for Tommy Two-Tone. He also got a writing credit on Power of Love by Huey Lewis. Wow. Uh, I did see him on his book tour, and he admitted that his sole contribution uh, to the Huey Lewis song was the title, Power of Love. And Huey did him a solid by sharing the credit with him. His royalties from that hit song on the Back to the Future soundtrack paid for a house, as I recall. And I played that song in 1986, my senior year of high school, at the dance on January 10th. I remember it well. Those were the days when you can actually make money in music. I'm glad he did, because we did not. (laughs) We did not. (laughs) Additionally, uh, Alex was in Huey's band. Uh, Their band was called Clover. And they got a deal here in the U.S. They then went to the U.K. to tour, met up with Elvis Costello, and Clover is the actual backing band on My Aim is True uh, when they recorded that in the U.K. So here's Alex Call from his self-titled solo outing from 83. The track is called Blue Avenue.
That was Blue Avenue by Alex Call. And like Underneath Your Makeup, the first tune we listened to, this came out in 83, but this sounds a lot more of its time. Like this could have been a hit. Yeah, I like I said, especially from a writer like Alex Call. So he knew how to create a hook. He knew how to create tension in the verses. Um, certainly the, the idea was there and the sound was there and the production was there. Yeah, it's got a great chorus, a great bass line, by the way, I, I, that I, I don't always notice the bass, but I noticed it on this tune. And uh, uh, the instrumental break is nice because it has a, a guitar. It's not really a solo. It's a guitar melody with some great backup vocals. I could hear this song being in, say, a John Hughes film soundtrack. It would have fit right in. Oh, for sure. Okay, we've got something quite different coming up now. What's this next tune? So the band Green, uh, staples of my youth, and I always associate their music with that of fellow Chicago locals, Material Issue and The Service. Uh, This is a punk band, supposedly. Uh, Oddly, their vocalist and songwriter Jeff Lesher currently lives one town over from me, and I was fortunate enough to be invited to his home for a screening of Jaws on his garage door. He's a good dude. Uh, This is from their 1986 debut, He's done a number of recordings since then, still very prolific, very talented. Here's Green with Gotta Get a Record Out. That was Got to Get a Record Out, and that's available on your favorite streaming service. I love this tune. This is my favorite of the lot today. And the one thing I would say is I cannot believe this came out in 1986 because it sounds exactly like 1979. For sure. And while it may be available on streaming, I encourage you to seek the vinyl out on this one. Uh, It is a classic, uh, definitely one that you should own as opposed to stream. I will look for it. It has um, that really thin-sounding production that's similar to Joe Jackson's debut album, which came out the same year. Mm-hmm. And anytime you're talking 1979, you're singing my tune. That's my ex- absolute favorite year for music. But I can see why this didn't get any traction in 86. This was not what was hip at that time. You're talking Madonna, Whitney Houston, 5150, etc. Yeah, I don't think we're going to be playing a lot of hip songs on this podcast, Paul. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. Just a, just a little bit of a disclaimer there. This is a snappy two minutes and 15 seconds, too. I love that. Yeah, he's, they're awesome. 
Okay, for our last song today, we have a song called Middle of the Night by a band called August. Tell us about this one. This one's pretty obscure. Uh, This song appeared on the WAVA FM 105 Washington Rocks compilation uh, from 1982 on Starstream Records. Keep Starstream in mind, a lot of the comps from that era uh, were put out by Starstream. You're definitely going to be hearing a lot more radio station comp songs on future episodes, as I have a fairly unhealthy affinity for them. I was going to ask you, what are you up to? Uh, I think it's, or do you do not wish to divulge that? I think it's 160 <laughs> something at this point. I don't know. I could be wrong. That's that's healthy. It's sick, quite frankly. But um, <laughs> I thought this may have been their only output. But I checked on the interweb and discovered a six track LP called Sunny Days Hot Nights that is definitely worth checking out as well. And this what one year sounds, did that come out? Well, why you got to ask me that, Paul? <laughs> okay, but never mind. <laughs> Just go ahead. <laughs> I'm sure I have it here somewhere. I think that if Foreigner would have released this song, it would have been a huge hit. Just imagine the lighters lighting up at stadiums all over the country. I'm glad you said Foreigner because I was going to mention Foreigner after we listened to the tune. Should we take it away and listen to it first? Play the song, Paul. Here we go. This is, what is this? Middle of the Night by August.
Okay, that was Middle of the Night by August. Did you hear the Foreigner references in there? I totally did. So Very... I wrote down, it's sort of, well, so wait, you tell me more specifically. What Was there something other than just the, the style? Well, apart from the vocalist channeling his inner Lou Graham at every opportunity, <laughs> and the guitarist channeling his inner Mick Jones. Yeah, it's, I mean, there's definitely the references there and the influences there. Could have been a huge hit if Foreigner would have recorded it. I'm sorry that August didn't have the major label backing that they did. Uh, but luckily, having an LP out by them allows us to let their music live on. And with that, episode one is in the can, my friend. We have played our first five songs. Did we, Paul? Did we really play five songs? We played five. We got 995 to go. For all you listeners out there, we'd love to hear from you. For comments and questions, please visit us on Facebook or Twitter, or feel free to email us at 1000greatestmisses at gmail.com. Until next time, we'll see you next time, Chris. Fade out, Paul. All right, ladies and gents, that's the end of the show. I met a girl with a record.